Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Roger That Podcast presented by Frenter. Today's guest is one of LinkedIn's top recruiting voices, bringing two decades of talent experience to the construction industry. We sit down with Shauna Armstrong to discuss building a construction hiring system, tackling labor issues from the inside out, and what it means to actually build an employer brand. Welcome, Shauna. Thank you very much for being a guest on the Roger That podcast. To kick things off, would love if you can just give a quick intro, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. I am Shauna Armstrong. I build hiring systems for the construction industry, um, working just, you know, pretty much as a freelance consultant. The companies that I serve, for the most part, are construction companies where maybe the owner, the CEO, the president is doing their own hiring and needing a a system to bring more applicants in um, and to get better applicants or high quality applicants out the back end, um, a process and a system that is scalable for high volume and efficient and provides a quality experience for everyone involved, the candidates, the recruiters, the hiring managers. Um, They may not know where to start um, and they may not want to hire a, you know, a full-time six-figure talent acquisition manager to do that. I could come in and build that for half or less than the first year's salary for that person. Great. And for folks that I guess aren't kind of actively part of that hiring process, how is it typically done? Like you you touched on kind of either outsourcing to a dedicated hire or just doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess how are companies currently doing it? And then where is kind of that end state um, with your solution? So what I found they're currently doing is basically just posting on Indeed and then kind of hoping for the best and maybe doing kind of a vibe check to see if they feel like that person's going to be a good fit. Um, you know, maybe background check, drug screen, if that's part of the process mm. for uh, insurance and liability reasons. Um, but it's not getting them enough people in the front end because it's just really using a single source. Um, so when you're posting on Indeed, the only people that you're marketing to are people that are actively looking for a job for that specific job in that mm-hmm. specific location at that specific time. So there's a whole um, world of potential applicants that they're missing out on. Uh, and then the vibe check, not necessarily being the best predictor of success. Um, and so, and then also a software is important so that you can automate pieces of the process, like moving people through and communicating. So um, I can select the software, configure it, set up all of the automations, and then I'll preload it with um, the email templates. I'll write the job description so that all the job postings will be preloaded into the system before I hand it over. And then um, typically write a recruiting interview guide, which is the same interview for every single role at the company. And that's more for company fit, culture, values, um, the type of person that's going to thrive in that particular environment. And then I'll also write job specific 
interview guides for what are the, the, the traits or the attributes that are most predictive of success in the role, um, and then some social media copy to advertise hiring better than like exciting opportunity. Yeah. Hey, we're hiring. You know, anyone is interested? Um, stuff that's going to be a little more compelling. So you're catching people who might not actually be looking, but might have their curiosity piqued by, by the copy. Definitely. And I think uh, like on, on my LinkedIn, uh, for example, you, you definitely see a lot of companies who are doing it really well from a, that kind of always promoting an employer brand, not just yeah. when they're only when they're hiring. Um, is that something that you're kind of engaging with them as, as well as like how to set yourself apart? And like you said, yeah, I mean, every opportunity is exciting and room for like, there's a lot of fluff in a lot of jobs that will have learned to kind of glaze over and they're like, okay, it's like oh, yeah. competitive mm-hmm. salary this and that it's like okay none of these things mean anything until you kind of have that proof um but is that something you're doing as well yeah i mean they don't mean anything if you're seeing the same thing everywhere right so it doesn't tell you why doing this job here is any different than doing the same job there there or there right and it, th- those are the things that that people want to know and my motto is always be recruitment marketing so um, when I set up an applicant tracking system for a company, I will cr- create a, an evergreen general application that's always open. So anybody can apply at any time and express, you know, kind of what their mm-hmm. experience is or what their uh, target role is. And that's always open. And then if you're constantly recruitment marketing, then you know, ideally you're driving people to your career page. They're seeing exactly what your employer brand is, what it's like to work at your company, how you support them to be successful, how you engage, reward, what's the pay like, you know, what is the, what are the hours like, what type of projects do you work on, um, everything that they would want to know. And then if it sounds good to them, there's something to apply to, even if you're not hiring right now or you don't right. have their ideal position open right now. So then way you're building a, a growing pool so that when you are ready to hire, you may already have somebody that has expressed interest and you can just call them up and have a quick hire. Definitely. Is there things that um, kind of both from your recommendations and what you're, you're seeing that it is kind of like not, maybe not low hanging fruit, but like, Hey, here, if you're trying to get started with, promoting your employer brand and getting your your company out there like here's a few things to start with that kind of actually does resonate with hires and helps kind of set you apart that you can be doing yeah so your employer brand is not um you know your brand for customers or investors right why they should want to hire you as a contractor or why they should want to invest in your company. Your employer brand answers the question, what is it like to work here? And then the hundreds of questions that come after that. And you're not only speaking to people who already work in the industry. 
because, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, recruiting and skills gap and talent shortage and, you know, companies, construction companies are having trouble hiring, we're looking to bring people into the industry, right? So you're also talking to high school students and parents and teachers and, you know, people working in other industries and society as a whole. Right. And there's a lot of misconceptions about the industry and there's also a lack of information available. There's a lack of, a, you know, clear pathway in. So there really is no shortage of, of things to talk about. Definitely. And I think um, with the like the labor issues, obviously, yeah, construction, definitely. But I saw something that was. I mean, when you stop and think about it, it makes a lot of sense, but it was kind of like everyone has a labor issue. So not only are you competing with competitors within the industry, but you're competing with adjacent industries and frankly, other um, occupations that either are kind of city specific and the the compensation is the same, but you get to work in an air conditioning in, environment. Where do you see construction companies being able to set themselves apart from other sectors with regards to kind of what you can get out of working in construction? If everything's considered equal versus other opportunities, how can companies kind of be like, there's more to this than, you know, holding a shovel and wearing a hard mm -hmm. hat? Yeah, well, that's, that's where the, the misperceptions are. And I think that's where the lack of information is a detriment. And, you know, construction industry is hard. It's not for everyone. You're not, you know, marketing to everyone in the way that I kind of explained that you're talking to people outside of the industry, but it's in the way that you talk about it, that it resonates with the people that are a good fit. So, you know, yes, it's hard, but, you know, for those, for those people that, you know, college is not right for, for those people that don't want to, you know, sit in a cubicle or an office or um, work in a mm -hmm. toxic corporation, <laughs> um, that this type of work is, for, well, first of all, like, important to society, like, mission-oriented. It's food, water, shelter. It's highways, hospitals, you know, roads. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about how people want to do work that has meaning, that that's meaningful. So like the big picture is important, right? Mm -hmm. The mission, the, the importance of the work. And then, you know, what is it actually like? People don't necessarily, you know, they're picturing maybe you know, digging a ditch in the hot sun. And, you know, maybe there, one of their parents had pointed someone like that out and said, Hey, you know, if you don't do good in school. You're going to end up like that guy. Like, like that guy is not necessarily fulfilled or working mm -hmm. with a great team and making a great salary and feeling camaraderie out in the field and a great sense of accomplishment at the end of the day and, and pride in his work. You know, it's a humble industry. And so I think that companies and people are not, you know, necessarily patting themselves on the back and, and saying, you know, look at this great work that we do and they should. 
Definitely. And I, I mean, I um, definitely like my LinkedIn feed over the last little bit has shifted to a lot of the, the companies we've engaged with and, and followed that are sharing the projects that they're doing. Cause like, I, mean, I don't know from being a little kid watching construction on the street to just still watching construction as people are sharing things like it is a cool industry. But as you said, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what that entry point is. And then also um, kind of, yeah, what that, that career path in, in construction is. What would you say to the, cause every time someone's like, Oh, we're investing in our team, we're doing this. And uh, an example I saw and. I think it really uh, hit the nail on the head was around kind of a shift towards like, oh, there's better hard hats available, but they happen to be like $300 versus like $50. And a lot of the comments was just like, oh, well, why am I going to do that if they're going to leave in three weeks kind of thing? What would you say to those people that are like, I'm not going to invest in an employer brand and employer retention because they're just going to leave? Mm-hmm. Well, they're leaving because you're not investing <laughs> In retention, essentially, you know, when I was in recruiting, um, you know, it was, it was, we were partnering with companies that had high turnover. Um, you know, it was just always get us more people, get us more people, hmm. get us more people. Um, and, you know, why are we continuing to fill the same positions that we've been filling? Like, over and over and over again and why is it getting harder and harder to fill the roles because we've churned through all of the the talent in the market and so the the problem is not a recruiting problem it's not a hiring problem it's not a sourcing problem it is an internal retention problem that needs to be fixed from you know diagnose what that is you know figure out why people are leaving is it for the money is it because they're not being developed and trained is it because they're not being led well by by their leadership team are they not being recognized are they not being rewarded are they you know whatever it is solve for that because recruiting is not a solution to a retention problem and and you mentioned kind of churning through kind of your available market um, for specific roles and just kind of like once you've exhausted it, I mean, yeah, you have to kind of either broaden uh, your search or kind of find more people, which kind of leads to another question of like, what can companies do for those potential employers or employees rather that are just coming into the workforce? So whether they are just coming out of high school or maybe they did take a more like an academic route through college and university and they're like hey listen this wasn't for me what can companies be doing to attract those people to the construction industry before they're kind of you know pulled into something else maybe it's adjacent maybe it's a completely different industry what can they do to attract this next generation yeah, uh, always be talking about it. Always be recruitment marketing. Always be talking about what opportunities in the industry itself look like and then what opportunities at your specific company look like. Um don't wait until you have an open job posted on Indeed and that's not visible to the general population. That's not visible to 
the high school students that are thinking about what they want to do after college. They're hanging out on Instagram and TikTok and, you know, you can put out just some really cool couple second videos that don't cost any marketing dollars, completely free organic content talking about all of the things that you can talk about, the industry itself, the mission, the the types of jobs that your company does, the types of roles that, you know, people at your company do, what those career paths look like, why people like working there, what it's like to work there, what a typical day in the life is behind the scenes. There's like so many things that you can talk about and just like pump out consistent content that is going to be visible to the general population, not just job seekers and where they hang out before they're ready to make that decision. Yeah. And we, one of our, uh, our, our prior guests, we kind of, we talked about a bit of in the rental industry, but that digital promotion. And I think a lot of companies are kind of like, Oh, it needs to be polished. It needs to be perfect. And it just kind of just needs to be real. And especially, on you know TikTok, Instagram, etc., with the younger generation has been sort of force-fed advertisements their entire life, and can kind of smell bullshit a mile away. I think a lot of companies are just like, yeah, you you have your toolbox talk in the morning, take a photo in front of a bunch of really cool and exciting equipment, or you just film kind of your team working. It doesn't need to be necessarily, you know high quality bringing in a full film crew like iphones are pretty advanced um and there's a lot of things that you can do to authentically present yourself yeah that that organic authentic content resonates much better um and even if you put money behind it once once it has that like sponsored label i think that that could be a turnoff sometimes like you see it's an ad and you're like oh you know might not be completely authentic and it's almost that uh, that true lens into day-to-day versus just like, oh, this is what they want me to see. There must be something going on on the other side of the camera or this or that. Whereas, yeah, that or- organic approach, um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff happening in there. And it's free, right? It's free. Uh, I mean, you're doing the work anyways. You just got to yeah. get someone to, to take some videos, take some photos of it. One thing as well that, with the labor issue and I think with an aging um, kind of demographic in, in the market, like like the, the, the facts are, you know, kind of frightening with the number of people that are, are set to retire. Is there something with either the recruiting process or kind of how they're managing internally that can help address kind of that, that mentorship and training with that older demographic that's, you know, they have been in here, they've maybe advance in their career or they've been kind of on one piece of machine for 20 years and they have more knowledge in that specific area than frankly anyone's going to gather. Is there something that companies can be doing to position them as an employer of, of record kind of thing with involving that kind of more seasoned demographic that has that wealth of knowledge before they retire and that's just lost? Yeah, I don't know what companies are currently doing but because we're trying to bring new people in bring people from outside the industry in um 
all the more need to train people, right? To, to be able to, you know, you're not always going to be able to bring in experienced people that can hit the ground running, right? You have to invest in training now. But, but also because of the shortage, companies have less capacity to, to, to spare somebody to train, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I feel like a good solution is before this um, really super seasoned operator retires, you know, maybe shift into a training role, right? Replace the operator and then let that really seasoned operator um, do less physical labor, right? Towards the end of his career and give back to the industry by, by training and, and mentoring people coming in, right? Because, you know, there's, there's training platforms available too, which are awesome for all of, you know, the, the, construction 101 and job site orientation and you know equipment walk arounds and safety and and all that kinds of stuff but you know it can't replace butt in seat training right so i think that the the generation that's retiring should really potentially seek to transition into a training role or come back into the industry in a training role if companies are willing to open that position and make that available. Definitely. And, and yeah, I think it's just that wealth of knowledge you don't want to see just, and, and it's, it's also like they, they've worked long, hard careers. It is well within their rights to say, all right, see ya and retire mm-hmm. and enjoy that. But I think, like you said, before that date happens, there's a, a need to, kind of transfer that that knowledge and i mean with a lot of equipment operators it's not exactly like someone can shadow you <laughs> operating the piece of uh equipment so there needs to be some format to uh, pass that along yeah it's hard to train when you're trying to get a job done super efficiently yeah and with the the labor issues as is to go to a company and say hey that operator with 30 years of experience we're going to take them off the job site um probably isn't going to get a land while they're like, okay, well they can work, you know, 60% better than anyone else on the job site. So we kind of need them there, but then yeah, you got to, that end date of um, when they decide to retire, that efficiency really goes out the window. It's a dilemma. Yeah. One thing, and we kind of talked on it uh, earlier about kind of the, the various kind of paths um, you had shared on, on LinkedIn a bit. Uh, someone had prompted is like, oh, what was your, your career path to get here? Um, and that's kind of what sparked sort of um, reaching out, engaging. Would you mind kind of sharing that? Because I think it's, um, it's one that obviously wasn't a direct path to construction, um, but I think is you know, an interesting one. Yeah, I, I spent over 20 years in corporate recruiting. So it was a recruitment outsourcing company. So I worked for a large corporation that did hiring for other large corporations. So I worked across, you know, tons of different industries, tons of different role levels and roles with a bunch of different clients in a bunch of different applicant tracking systems with a bunch of different processes. So as the outsourced 
provider of hiring, we were always working in the client's established process systems and, and software. Um, and a lot of times those were broken. And our role as a recruiting agency was just to keep bringing in more people, right? If they had a turnover issue, well, that was fine because that was recurring business for, you know, us to right. continue, um, you know, sending people over. But that wasn't very fulfilling for me because I always wanted to fix what was wrong with the process. And, you know, very often was the squeaky wheel that was kind of going outside of, you know, the boundaries that we kind of needed to stay in with the way that that relationship was supposed to work. Um, so I, I stayed comfortably uncomfortable in, in that company for over, over 20 years. Um, just because I guess I knew my job really well and I was good at it, even though I was frustrated with it. And I had, you know, built up my, my time and worked my way up and I was trusted and I knew who, who to trust and, you know, was fully vested in my 401k and all those things you tell yourself why the grass may not be greener somewhere else. Right. It's like, same shit, different places, probably. Mm -hmm. And then I would have to start all over and figure out who to trust and like learn everything from scratch. So I wound up losing my job in 2019, which was horrible and awesome um, because it forced me to go ahead and figure out what is it that I really want. So I was torn between. Um, going back to what I knew, even though I didn't really like it or, you know, trying to maybe start my own business. Mm. Um, and then I was also kind of job searching for maybe some type of an internal role where I was part of the company instead of an outsourced provider. So I had come across a job posting for BuildWit, who I worked for. Uh, for a few years for a talent acquisition manager um, serving the blue collar world, which I had already just had a big affinity for because my husband is a blue collar guy and he worked in um, a very large uh, scientific genetic cancer research laboratory university, like massive campus. Um, as their, you know, electrical power distribution, emergency response construction guy. Um, <laughs> and he was, he was essentially doing electrical engineering without an engineering degree. And, you know, when he talked about what he did, it was like way over my head, very impressive, you know, what he knew and the complex problem solving that he did. Um, and then to just see the way that the facilities department was treated by the white collar side of the campus, the scientists, the professors, um, mm. the fundraisers, the even the people in HR, um, 
I knew how hard he worked. Whenever there was a hurricane or an emergency, you know, sometimes he would sleep at work for days until, you know, everything was up and running again. And I just had such a, a appreciation. So when I saw the job posting for BuildWit and their passion for wanting to improve the work world for the trades that resonated very strongly with me. So fortunately, I had an opportunity to work with them for a few years. I built their hiring process internally um, and then was helping some client companies build their hiring processes. And I just fell in love with that because there I had the freedom to do something the way I always felt like it should have been done. So all of the things that I used to bang my head about over, you know, in corporate, I was able to build a process that didn't include any of those things. And ways in which I wish it could have been improved, I got to build those into the process. And and it worked and it was great. And so that gave me the confidence, I guess, when my time with them was up to, to go out and do it on my own. And so at that point, the, the decision was, do I want to do this, you know, internally as an employee of another company, or do I want to go out on my own and help as many companies as possible? And that was the harder road, but still yet the one I wound up choosing. Yeah, I think as, as, as someone with like a, a love of operations and efficiencies that that moment when you've been kind of like annoyed to work with a system or something and then all of a sudden you can it's yours to to build is is nice and very gratifying to be like all right had i been able to do this 20 years ago imagine what we could do but that kind of transition uh of like yeah that years of experience into building it out then and then i think the the industry um as a whole i think is trying to tackle labor and like it that comes of like a multifaceted approach from you know educating even like elementary school age children about like the potential of construction uh getting the industry excited innovating but ultimately hiring is a huge part of that is like you're never going to solve the labor industry if uh still you kind of using outdated practices so I think for the industry, it's great that you took that um, that choice. With starting in kind of a corporate environment, you, you had taken, um, like you had gone to post-secondary and went through university for, um, like, prior to going to that, correct? Yeah, I had a master's in education, science okay. education, actually. <laughs> so it, many years ago. <laughs> was it something that you kind of had a career path in mind and that's what led to university or, or, or college rather um and is that something that you're like i know where i want to get in a couple of years so i need to go to school or was it kind of that conversation potentially of oh if you don't want to end up like this person or that person you have to you have to do a four-year program in order to have that is what kind, i guess what kind of led to that decision I had no idea at all what I wanted to do. Um, I guess it was expected that I go to college. And so 
I went to college, but I was really going there to have a lot of fun. Um, and I did. And I changed my major like a whole bunch of times. And then, um, you know, I think towards the end, I realized, okay, well, you know, I was, I was a psychology major for a while and I was a science major for a while. And like, it's getting close to graduation and like, what can I finish up a degree in? And so it was like, I had the most um, stuff in my, you know, on my record from pursuing the things that I was curious about to finish up with a science education degree. And so when I graduated, um, there were literally no teaching jobs available. So in the district that I live in now, that year they had, I don't know why these numbers stick out in my head because it was so long ago, but the school district had 55 retirements. They were only going to fill 30 of those positions and there were like 3,000 applicants. And, you know, it, it didn't happen. So I subbed for a while, hated that. And then I wound up getting into uh, like social work for a little bit. And then I found my way into um, like a pre-employment testing company. And that was, that was basically the place that I spent the next 20 years. But it started out doing like pre-employment role play behavioral assessments, which was kind of interesting and fun. And then it evolved into lots of different types of roles as the labor markets shifted. Um, and then, you know, we were bought, we were sold, we were spun off. It was a, a major evolution, I guess, which, which kept it interesting and, and constantly changing. Um, but yeah, I just, I've sort of just I don't know. No, there was never an intent to where I was going. <laughs> and I don't think that's a, like an uncommon story, even, you know, to like today with um, kids that are in, in university and I kind of similar that that expectation. Um, I think a lot of that stemmed like my, my, my dad worked in various blue collar jobs and he was kind of like, had I had the opportunity to go to university, you know, maybe I wouldn't be working crazy. And, he, and he's done great in his career, but like very much a you start at the bottom and you step by step by step by step work versus, you know, oh, you get a degree and then you, you enter that ladder up here kind of situation. Obviously, that's a lot different than, you know, the perceptions of earlier, but it was kind of a, even in the community is like, oh, so-and-so is going to university or that so that's so good for them. It's like, oh, this person's not. It's like, okay, well, why? Because that person is making good money. They bought a house while I was still in school when houses were hundreds of thousand dollars of less than they, they were when I finished. They don't have debt. They built a great career. They've worked their way up. A lot of them, especially in specific trades like plumbing, electrical, spun off their own business and now they're doing fantastic. And I don't think a four-year degree was going to change that. Um, I'm fortunate that my program ended up being what I am doing and I love it and it's great. But I think a lot of people, they finish school and go, yeah, I don't want to do this as a job. And then it's like, okay, you have a, you have a piece of paper that some companies are like, you need a bachelor's degree or we won't look at your resume. Okay, great. But you have a degree in finance. You're not working in finance. Now you're kind of figuring it out with construction. I think there's that 
misconception that it's just like, oh, you come in and you're working as a laborer versus like a path of growth. Is that something, and you mentioned kind of uh, employer branding and building that, that companies can be doing a better job of like kind of painting that? Because it's not linear that you come in, you do this, this for six months, and then you'll do this. Like it depends on how people are doing in the role and the skills are showing, et cetera. But is that something you think companies can do a better job of, of painting that like career in construction versus a job that you're yeah, doing for a short time? Like, is there a path? Are there multiple paths? What do those look like? You know, what, what, where can you go? What are the different ways, you know, that you can go? If you're this type of person, you know, you might like this. If you're this type of person, you might like that. And, and by the way, you know, you might think construction is, you know, just doing this one thing, but there are, there's such a variety of, of roles from like, physical to analytical, inside to outside, um, individual contributor to leadership. Like there's, there's an entire set of multiple careers within the industry that it's just not, um, you know, there's like a curtain covering it hmm. right now that we need to peel back. Do you think companies then for that? Because like, again, I guess going back to that authentic versus a brand saying something, do you think their best bet is highlighting those people that have had that career journey? Like I've seen seen companies that have done kind of great job with highlighting like, oh, here's so-and-so they're currently in this position, but they joined us six years ago as maybe like a co-op student out of high school, or they joined as kind of a general laborer and they've worked their way through the company. Do you think that's the kind of best approach for companies is like, here's a real person and their real journey versus kind of a hypothetical. Yeah. Like just, just like you and I, the conversation that we just had, right. Talking about what our career path was, just have your employee do the exact same thing. Here's how I got into the industry. You know, here's what, here's what I did. Here's what I liked about it. Here's what I found rewarding. Here's what keeps me here. Here's what I love. Here's the cool stuff I get to do. That's, that's simple as that, I think. Definitely. Well, I think that kind of gets us to the, the end. I think a lot of, there's a lot of good stories to tell in construction. Mm -hmm. I think around labor and the people in it is always a great one. So Shauna, greatly appreciate you taking the time and sharing your insights with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Roger That Podcast presented by Frenter. Frenter is a all-in-one asset management solution for heavy equipment. Frenter helps you secure and optimize your fleet without robbing you of your precious time. For more information, visit us at frenter.com. That's F-R-E-N-T-E-R.com. Thank you.